0: Hello, and welcome to the Modern Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tirasio. I'm the owner of Modern Law, a family law firm in the Phoenix area. I've been a divorce attorney for more than 15 years. I've got four kiddos, and I'm divorced myself. And on this podcast, we're going to cover everything related to divorce, be it legal issues, financial issues, children issues, blended family issues, counseling, mediation, and more. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hello, this is Billy Tarasio of the Modern Divorce Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. And I know that you are going to be excited about today's topic. It is certainly timely for me as I'm working on different cases. And I know it's, it's certainly timely for many of you. We're talking about how to co-parent with an impossible ex. And we've got with us today a coach and expert on this particular area, Julie Beckerman. Julie, welcome to the show. Hello, Billy. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So, quite the niche you've got, co-parenting with an impossible ex. Like it's very specific. We've talked to a lot of divorce coaches, but not not very many of them have said that this is their specialty, although this is the hardest part. So, how is it that you got mm-hmm. into this particular niche?
1: Yeah, well, I I would say exactly the same thing. It was, you know, the divorce when you're in it is it's very consuming, but it's over at some point for most, you know, eventually. And then, but then, right. It's like, you know, with, with kids, you're, I mean, we all know it's the relationships forever. And when, after going through something like a divorce, it's like, what are you going to really struggle with this relationship forever? And that was where I was at. It was like, there's no way. There was no way I was going to be stuck in this nightmare of a relationship after going through the nightmare of a divorce. That was it was just not going to happen. And so that relationship felt like a full-time job, so I just made it one.
0: Got it. <laughs> okay. So, th- my question for you is were you able to figure out a way how to get out of this toxic and unhealthy relationship yeah. while still needing to co-parent with your children? Yes.
1: So to get out, I wouldn't say I would, I got out of it. What I would say is I managed to find a way to be incredibly effective Mm -hmm. so that I was dealing with what needed to be dealt with, getting things done or not, right? It it doesn't always work out, but being able to have my own plan, regardless, regardless of whether my ex was willing to show up to the table or not, I was going to be the parent that I was going to be. Didn't matter if he felt like it or not. What was your parenting time schedule? So when we first started, it was like, I don't know, 75, 25 or something. So she was, you know, it was like pretty much with my daughter lived with me and then she's with her dad every other weekend.
0: Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's certainly easier to kind of run the parenting show when you've got a majority of the parenting time. So that that was probably a really good thing.
1: For sure. And I think at the beginning that was, you know, somebody had to maybe have more of the reins. I'm sure he would have liked that, but I think you're right when there is such, when, when co-parenting is just not working to try to make things equal or fair is kind of an illusion. I will say now my co-parenting schedule is every other week. So Mm -hmm. I don't have the same kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, control over it and it's Mm -hmm. working even better.
0: Wow. So the tools okay. I have
1: are really working.
0: All right. So what, what? what's the secret? So the secret is
1: standing in your own space, right? And it's kind of what I said before. It's deciding and understanding what kind of parent you're going to be, what, what your values are, what best interest of your child actually means to you, and then coming up and recognizing the tools that you can use to be able to stand in your power you know, coming out of a relationship and it's natural, right? You've, you've aligned yourself with this other person. You make these decisions you're used to that dynamic exists. So you have to change that dynamic. This person is no, they're they're not relevant except for what's necessary, mm-hmm. right? And so it's removing expectations, recognizing your goals, identifying who you are, completely separate from who they are, and then understanding how to maintain yourself, given the fact that you have someone who is trying their darndest to pull you off of yourself.
0: All right. So let's take some examples. You've got a parent who wants to enroll their child in theater or soccer. Yeah. You share parenting time. You need cooperation. The other side will not cooperate. What do you do?
1: Yeah. So ultimately, you have to stay in in that focus. What's the goal? The goal is I want my kid to play soccer, right? So, okay, what are the barriers? If your ex is one of those barriers, what are some other barriers? Finances, maybe they've got religion and on the night that soccer practices, these are all factors that you're going to, you know, all things you're going to factor in and have to come up with a plan. Same thing goes for your ex. So, okay, if my ex is unwilling to contribute financially, or unwilling to take my kid on the days that they're with them. Okay, well, how am I still going to get around that to let my kid play soccer? Does that mean I have to come up with the money on my own, which may not be fair, but it's certainly going to be more effective, right? And so it goes back: what is best for my kid? What do I think I would do? Right, you think of it as like being a single, like a completely like what if you're ex? What if you're a widow? And you want to play, your kid wants to play soccer. You're going to figure it out. It's on you. And that mentality can really help. So what do you do? It depends what issue they're throwing up, but you look at it like a roadblock, like any other issue that comes up and you address it. Are there cases where let's say, you know, you're not going to be able, right? The goal was to get your kid to play soccer, but the barriers that are getting thrown up actually prevent them from doing so that does happen. But at least you can do everything that's in your power to get around those roadblocks. And usually, usually when it's something like soccer, there's usually a way to figure it out.
0: Okay. Is I that like fun? that. So it sounds like this is really about a mindset shift for you that would be probably the number one focus. You have to start there for sure. And then do you generally advocate more of a parallel parenting approach where you're communicating as little as possible or what, what are the top like tools you would use? So,
1: okay. There's many tools. So the first is really right. Again, it's identifying the goal. What what are your values? What are the things that are important to you? And that's kind of from a high level. And then also within every conversation, you need to know why you're in that conversation. So what I advocate for, what? I don't use terms like parallel parenting because I think you have to get a little more creative sometimes. Not saying that, that but the parallel parenting aspect of you're looking to literally minimize as much interaction or minimize the amount of energy you are putting towards this Mm. situation as possible. Mm -hmm. You are only giving it the amount of attention that is absolutely required to get it done. Mm -hmm. And sometimes getting it done means you're getting the no. You're actually, you're just confirming that they're not willing, but at least you have the answer. So you're not stuck, you know, in this engaged conversation. Are you going to get no? Yeah. Sometimes we don't get our way happens and that's a lesson to teach our kids as well but you certainly don't need to be engaging in a three week conversation over soccer just to find out that they're not going to contribute or help out right we want to not we don't want to spend that kind of time we want to sure. figure
0: it out move on if they're going to say no we're going to figure out another way sure so sometimes people are stuck with an impossible ex who will not give a decision that is That is a power tactic. Let's have a discussion about it in person. (laughs) Refusing to answer and respect your boundaries and requiring you to go meet with them for coffee to discuss all the aspects before they will give you an answer. What do you recommend?
1: So, I mean, again, it would be personal in terms of where your boundary is. So like my, you know, like someone wants to meet you for coffee, it's not going to change my position. You want to meet for coffee, but I have been in, there has been times where there's no way I was going to be comfortable meeting my ex for coffee. That would have been opening myself up. So when it comes to stonewalling, right, it's about setting your boundary. That's not what we're going to do. I need an answer from you. And when you don't get an answer, I actually really like those moments because now you don't want to answer. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. If you don't like it, let me know. Otherwise, I'm assuming you're going to be okay with
0: it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, you can, you can communicate. Hey, if I don't hear from you, I'm going to assume this is fine. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Right. And that will speed up the timeline with which they will yeah. respond. It will certainly bring
1: something to the surface. Right. Right. And if they don't respond. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do it. And yes, will there be fallout? Yes. Are they mm-hmm. going to threaten you and make you feel like you did something wrong? Yes, that boils back to standing in your power and recognizing what being a good mom or dad means to you, what being a good parent, co-parent means to you, and knowing that and knowing that they're going to, when they don't get their way, people get upset. So yeah, when you go ahead and make decisions that they did not you know, fully get on board with because they were playing around and you know stonewalling, that will cause some escalation, but we have tools for that as well.
0: So you said that you are now on a week on, week off, and that is a better situation for you. Mm -hmm. How come? Can you tell me how that's made things
1: better? I don't think this, I don't think the schedule is what made things better. I think we got to a place where our mindset was able to house this particular schedule. COVID was actually, for me, the thing that I think changed a lot because I've been, you know, really promoting these things for a long time. And then when COVID co- came, you know, whatever agreement you have is, was kind of out the window, all the rules, all the scheduling, yeah, like nobody knew.
0: Mm-hmm. Courts
1: were closed, like mm-hmm. nobody knew anything. And so in that chaotic environment, you know, I, I don't know what my ex would say about it. He and I are not friends. We are business partners. But what I would say is it maintained an environment of trust. Hmm. in this space where i easily could have manipulated the situation and easily get you know easily could have been taken advantage of i didn't and neither did he to give him credit as well and so and not saying that he wouldn't have in the past or that things wouldn't have happened in the past and i would have dealt with it accordingly but it allowed the environment allowed for these things to just present themselves and show they really work better hmm. so i think covid Without rules allowed us to create trust around the way we're going to work. It wasn't going to matter to me. If he started taking advantage of COVID, I was not going to do that. Mm. And I think that's the most important standing in your power. Who are you regardless of what's going on around you? Because that's how you create an environment of trust
0: in a relationship that has no trust. Let's stick with this for a while. Because that's the, the fact Correct. is that you've got two people who are usually, if we're in the situation we're talking about, you're sharing, you're sharing children. So you're sharing, you know, humans who are the most important thing to both of you. And you don't trust each other at all. Correct. Neither yeah. one of you really trust each other. There is hurt. There's, there's just, it's just such a complex relationship. Yeah, it is. And, you know, but the thing is, is. Trust
1: is something that I don't expect for most people. I I didn't expect it for my own relationship to develop. I'm not even sure it's there now because it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter. I don't have to trust you to work with you. Mm -hmm. I just have to figure out how to set it up in a way that I trust myself and I trust the outcome. And if you're not going to participate, if you're not going to show up as the parent that you need to be, I am still going to do everything that I need to do here. So the trust is really nice. And when there's trust, there's, it's just peaceful and you can get a lot more done, right? There's, Mm -hmm. but you don't, I just want to, for people listening, there's no expectation that you have to develop trust in the other person to be effective at co-parenting. You have to trust yourself.
0: And it may make sense to write down, what do I know? What can I trust? Maybe I can trust that he or she is going to pick them up after school on their days. Maybe I can trust that you know their needs will be met. So maybe they're getting too much sugar. Right. Maybe
1: your ex is bad mouthing you. Right. But we're gonna we're gonna deal with that over here. Right. Maybe, and you can trust, right? If you could say, I trust that no matter what my ex says about me over there, my kids and I have a relationship here that cannot be touched.
0: Can and not everyone
1: has that. And that's not- that's about you, right? Nothing to do with your ex. That's developing your relationship over here. Right in spite of this. And so these are some of the tools that are really important because yeah, you want to promote co-parenting for your own benefit and for your kids. You don't trust this person. Now you're sending your kid into this home with someone you not only don't trust, but you probably fear. And if you fear that they've hurt you, of course, how do you not fear that they're going to hurt your kids? So when you're talking about the trust, I think it's less about the trust between the co-parents, more about the trust within the parent and how they're parenting their child so that they know I can send my kid into these environments. My kid is gonna be resilient here.
0: Right. And that's really not really hard stuff for mm-hmm. everyone. And so correct. you need to that's do an, an honest assessment of are my children safe when they're with the other parent? And correct. so it can mean a correct. lot of things. Yes. It can include emotional safety. And as long as they are okay, as long as your children are okay then you can work with the situation if they are not okay, because they're not getting something that they absolutely crucially need at the other parents' house. That's when I think you really do need to start to. I was going to say, I think when it comes to recognizing safety,
1: like sugar, unless your kid's diabetic and it's Mm -hmm. harming their health, there's no laws to protect against those things. Whether your, your ex takes your kids to, a certain movie that you don't like. like, these are not things you can control, mm-hmm. you know, and recognizing where you have, right. Like you were saying, where, no, what do we know? Mm-hmm. You don't want to get involved in fights where you don't have any support from the system right, to back you up. Right? right. And so that's also being solid in yourself. What are the things that matter to me and what are the ways in which I'm going to get them resolved? Sometimes it's going to be through court, right? If your ex is refusing. To let your kid to get your kid vaccinated, mm-hmm. and that's really important to you. That's mm-hmm. going to be something you might right. What I work with with people are the stuff before court, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Preparing so that you don't look like an idiot when you go to court. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, and that you're not making it harder on yourself by writing things and putting, you know, making your job harder where now you have to help people backtrack. We want to shed away. All of the stuff that has nothing to do with the actual issue at hand, the goal, getting your kid into soccer, right? Everything Mm -hmm. else is a distraction. And I will tell you, 90% of the conversations that I am witness to, and I see a lot of them, 90% of the stuff that people are engaged in is totally irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know, I'm sure you see this too. It's like, I don't need this. You don't need it. It's too much. No one's going to read it
0: anyway. Right. It's true. I wish that people could understand this. There might be problems going on at your ex's house that absolutely rise to the level of a court would get involved because something detrimental is happening. But if we're not talking about the right thing in all of our communications, if we're not framing our communications and our concerns and our boundaries around the thing, And it looks like noise. It looks like we're fighting about something else. The court won't hear it and won't understand it. And then I can't get your kid out of a situation that is truly bad. So figuring out how to um, filter all of your concerns and your communications through the thing that really matters. What is the thing that really matters? Is it that your kid's diabetic? Is it that they have a a developing eating disorder? And maybe what they eat really, really matters in your case. Mm -hmm. Or whatever it might be, you know, maybe your your kid has a learning disability and you're not doing homework and they're falling behind because of it. So that looks very different than just saying anything um, about these things in another right. way. Yeah. And I think you're right in
1: terms of whatever your particular thing is, like mm-hmm. it's not for me or anyone to tell you that what you don't think is safe for your kid is fine. Right, But what it is, is identifying, like you said, what's the thing? Mm. And now what are my resources available Mm. to actually effectively Mm. get this resolved? Because we know if you're just going to go to your ex and just fight it out through an email, you know, you're not getting it done. You want to start there. No, that's not going to work. Step two. All right, let me get another way. And if you don't know what the thing is, that your kid's a diabetic, that's what we're Mm. focused on. How do you know what resources you need? How do you know if the courts are going to, if there's even a law to protect that particular right? And so I think, yeah, it, it really starts from identifying who you are, what matters to you in your relationship with your child. The right. beginnings of making it effective with your co-parent is starting by making it nothing to do with them. You have to start here. If it's not working there, it's because there's something not working. And there's something unclear within yourself. And let's be fair, that's normal. There's always, un- clara- there's always a lack of clarity in something. But when you're dealing with a difficult ex, you don't have the luxury of not being clear. Right. You don't get to figure it out later. Sorry, right? And yes, this is harder. There's divorce and then there's divorce with an impossible ex. It's yeah. not the same. It's a little different. But if you're not alone. And there are ways of addressing it not fixing it, but you don't have to be afraid of your ex. Your ex can just be a little more annoying. Mm. We can deal with annoying. It's like, you want to view that more like
0: traffic Mm. rather than like a car accident. That's all it has to be. Yeah. Anyone exiting a marriage with an impossible ex has trauma and trauma can make it so that we are unable to communicate as our best selves or operate with clarity. But once you can get to clarity, which is what you're discussing, then you can start figuring out how to be effective, which is really empowering. Yes.
1: Yeah. Especially in a relationship where you feel you don't have power, Mm. right? That person, they're impossible because you can't move them. Mm -hmm. You're powerless against Mm -hmm. them. And so I guess, you know, the key thing it's right. I call it impossible X, but it's not right? It's how to make it possible, how to make the impossible possible. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I think it absolutely starts with clarity. And the great news is you don't need your ex to be willing
0: Mm. or even
1: interested or even capable of working with you for you to get around it like a speed bump. Maybe that maybe it's not the direct route you wanted. Maybe it's a little
0: longer. Maybe it's going to cost you a little more. You're figuring out your own issues and that's more powerful. Absolutely. Much, much, much easier to work around an impossible human in my personal opinion. 100%. <laughs> and what's the alternative, right? Like that's right. what we have to
1: come up with. It's, and that's where the mindset starts because is it fair? No, maybe not, but we don't care. We want to sit in what's not fair. You're powerless there. We want to find power. So what's effective? Forget about fair. Mm-hmm. What's going to work to the goal? And you don't know what's going to work to the goal if you don't know what the goal is.
0: Let's take another scenario that's been coming up a lot lately Mm -hmm. where everything was fine with the co-parent and then the co-parent gets a new partner. Mm -hmm. And now the whole relationship has changed. And now maybe you can't even get to your co-parent because their new partner is in the way. What do you suggest here? So I think it would be that it's
1: really the same. Because again, when we're talking about the issues, it doesn't matter almost who we're dealing with, who am I, what's the goal and what's the most effective way. If I'm starting with the new partner and I'm not getting anywhere, then I got to go to the next, I'm going to step two, right? There's a belief when the partner's involved that somehow the, if the partner was gone, it would be easier, right? Or I would have more power here. Well, we want to make sure you have power regardless. Again, your power is with you. It has nothing to do with what's going on over
0: there. Mm -hmm. So the hardest part is getting your emotions out of the way. Okay. Here's another situation. Your child has become impossible. You've got a teenager. They've become impossible. Maybe yeah. they're depressed, maybe they're withdrawn, maybe they're addicted to their phones and you don't have the ability to remove that addiction or something because the other parent allows it or encourages it or gives them devices or whatever. I'm just making up a scenario. Yeah, they're going against your value system.
1: Yeah. So I think of a difference in values. Now look, again, fortainment and addiction, right? Like. They're addicted to a drug. Right now we're talking about health. And they're the right, the law will get involved if we if you need to. And it's that level of risk. If we're talking about something again that's maybe a little before the law, and it's something just like a difference in value systems, I like to approach them and think of that the way you would approach like introducing two religions, right? Children, I don't know, people. We have the ability to hold two concepts in both hands. Mm. You know, and it's like. If I'm telling you, no, this is the right way. And then your ex is telling me, no, this is the right way. Well, you better be better. You better have a better argument and you better be, have a better relationship or a strong enough relationship with your child to communicate your position. If you have two parents that are telling the same thing, you don't have to compete, but what you're doing is giving your children options and letting them make some decisions. Now, when it comes to things that are, right, like, do they have to go to school or not, or can they take drugs or not, right? That may not be something you're going to stop at that point. But if it's something like to be a vegetarian or to eat meat, you may need to think about introducing it as, like, these are the options that are out there in the world. Here's why I do this.
0: Here's what I believe is right. And letting them have some autonomy. Does that... I think that is a big issue now. And I think that there's a lot of political division. Wow. Sure. Parents are, are disagreeing about COVID and COVID vaccines and abortion and presidential candidates and the divisiveness is, is, is real. And of course that's not something a court's going to get involved in, but what you're saying is you need to be able to advocate for your position, your children.
1: Yes. Which comes back to knowing yourself. Why do you believe what you believe is best? You need to be able to communicate because right. When you're talking about, this is all, this is all subjective stuff. Even the Mm. law, best Mm. interest of the child, Mm. the term best is so subjective. So really you need to understand what you think is best and articulate the reasons and evidence that support that. Well, Get used to it because that's what you're going to do with your kid too. And I think that happens in intact families as well, right? Like you have parents who have different views all the time and how you would handle that. If you're, if you're, your married partner, just you guys sometimes just disagree. You're not going to necessarily run to court right. because your spouse doesn't agree. And I think you need to recognize when it's a legal issue and when it's just a difference of opinion, mm-hmm. a difference of value. And I know people hate to hear this, but unfortunately, or fortunately, in my opinion, your ex has just as much entitlement to their opinions and they are just as right many times as you are. They're just Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And that's a very hard place, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. So how do you make sure you're not putting your kids in the middle?
1: I think you need to ask them. I think that, you know, it's really important to me that I'm not putting you in the middle. If you feel like you're in the middle, I want, please come and tell me and we'll talk about it. And that's also a mindset too, because when your kid comes and calls you out, you're going to jump to get defensive. Well, you you know, your father did this and your mother said this and it wasn't me and I didn't what would you want me to do? But right. You want to have that dialogue. And in terms of kind of what I was referencing before building that trust with your child, asking questions is the number one way to get there. Asking and listening and hearing and respecting what they have to say will give you more information and connect you to your child better than trying to manage your ex would
0: any day. That's really, really good advice, especially as our kids get older, the way that we can influence them, you know, changes and they're less interested in hearing our opinion and they're more interested in telling us their opinion. Right
1: children are people. And if I'm a person too, and I don't want to be told, I want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And when someone really hears you and says, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I may not agree, but I understand where you're coming from. You feel good with that person. That's someone you want to be around. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. We want our kids to trust us mm-hmm. and be around us, regardless of the fact that there's no trust in the co-parenting relationship. It it sucks it's hard it doesn't have it doesn't have to influence the relationship you have on your kids it can strengthen it
0: i'm really glad that you said that and i and i want to just take a minute and spotlight what you're saying because yeah. many people feel like they are the victim of alienation and they may be but yeah. what you are saying is that you alone as the parent, me, you, whoever the parents are out there, have 100% control over how we treat our children and the relationship that we develop with them, no matter what is being told to them by the other parent. Is that true?
1: I don't know that you can ever say 100%. I mean, there are some very, very manipulative, crafty people, right? However, what's your alternative? Are you going to sit there and try to blame your you're the other parent for the, or are you going to use that energy mm-hmm. to build whatever trust you can build with your child? And mm-hmm. if I, I would say a hundred percent of the time, your energy is always better off investing in your child than in your ex. Oh, like mm-hmm. that, I would say a hundred percent of the time.
0: Say that again. Cause it's so good.
1: Yes. A hundred percent of the time. It is always better off investing your energy in your child than in your ex. Man,
0: How many of us get caught up in, the energy we're focused oh, on.
1: So let's go back to your soccer right example. So what's the point? Your kid wants to play soccer. Well now you're spending weeks in a fight with your ex who's the one left out. Yeah. Right? Or your kids come home from their other parent's house saying something about how their other parent badmouthed you and now you're freaking out or you're going back to yourself. who's the one left out and and ultimately the only reason you have that relationship with your ex is because of your kids so let's focus yeah yeah and it's so hard because you you do have to engage and it was where you engaged for so long to change that doesn't happen overnight you know there's there's muscle memory and and mm-hmm. habits that have to be developed and so those are a lot of the things that i work with with people is setting up the steps to help unhook from over here and refocus over here.
0: Okay, so let's talk about how people work with you.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, I I work on these exact things. I work with people in a number of ways, but essentially I have a six-week program that teaches the fundamental tools that I call that will help stop the bleeding. Mm. So if you are spending hours or you're you're getting messages and your heart stops or you wanna throw up, and you don't necessarily want to go to your lawyer and your lawyer is not really interested in reading all this crap, right? I am going to help you save so much time, so much energy, so much stress, and give you tools also to communicate with your kids around some of these things that come up so that you're addressing it in an authentic way, but not pulling them into the middle of it. Love um, it. Where are you located? I were. I live in New York. I mm-hmm. work with people online. I work over Zoom. Again, it's a six-week program and it will change your life. It will change your life. It will teach you things you'll remember forever and will help with every relationship you have, but specifically here as well.
0: Do you have a yeah. website where people can go if they'd like to learn more?
1: Yeah, so aspire to And I also am on Instagram, which is it's Julie Beckerman Coach. Mm -hmm. and you can always contact me directly, sign up for my mailing list. I have some really great resources on how to think through a checklist on how to craft messages and Mm. how to think about what is needed, right? The beginnings of separating what you need and what you don't. So check that out. And I also have a guide in there, which are really four tools to start communicating to your children to help them, right? Develop a language around some of these difficult behaviors.
0: Well, Julie, I have really, really enjoyed our time together. If too. you all have enjoyed this episode, make sure to download it, share it with your friends, forward it along, rank it, leave a review, and then go visit Julie. This has just been a fantastic time together. If you want to see other topics or if you are interested in being a guest, make sure to reach out to me and let me know. Julie, thank you so much for your time today here. Thank you for having me. I love talking about this stuff. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you are anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.